Do you ever see those clickbait lists online? They're usually titled 101 films you have to see before you die. They pop up every once in a while. But tell the truth, how many have you actually seen? These movies are so ingrained in the fabric of modern pop culture through references and homages that you'd be forgiven for thinking that you'd actually seen them. So why not join me, Sam, a self-confessed cinephile who currently works in the film and television industry and even went to university to study film and TV. The only issue is, I've not seen many films. And me, Joel, a man who likes films a lot but is constantly described by his friends as overly anal and picky. But I'll let you decide. Each week, we will break down and review a different film, from zany cult classics to what many describe as cinematic masterpieces. Do these films deserve the legacy they've been given, or are they just overrated, bloated rubbish? Let's find out, as this week we discuss To Catch a Thief. This is a 1001 Movies We Have Not Seen. To Catch a Thief, the 1955 film directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Right, so this film caught me a bit sideways. I thought Alfred Hitchcock only did like horror films and thriller films. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. I've only seen Psycho um, and I know very little of his films. I've seen I've seen The Birds and the like prosthetic birds being so funny it's mad isn't it how any sort of horror film pre-1990 is just comical it is yeah (laughs) i've seen clips from from films like um the poltergeist and i was just i was laughing the entire way through and people are like no no this is horrifying and i'm like is it or am i a twisted human being you're watching it going Oh, of course, you just never had any exposure to anything like this before. Yeah, yeah. And I think we've grown up, sort of, those lines have gotten a little bit more hardcore for younger audiences. Although I've, I don't know about you, but I've seen It, the clown one. Unless you're scared of clowns, it's not at all scary. Maybe, yeah, maybe it just, horror films are, they're very niche these days, aren't they? It's like. This is a. Are you scared of clowns? Okay, don't watch this film because it's got a scary clown in it. Yeah. Oh, you're you're scared of dolls? Don't go watch this one because this is a doll that comes to life. Oh, and it's gonna kill you. <laughs> it's that sort of niche fear. Whereas I think one of the only horror films I've ever actually sat down and watched was Paranormal Activity, and I still don't think I fully recovered from that. Oh, I've never seen like, it. Like. So it isn't that just like plays footage, on the camera footage? It's found footage, yeah, but yeah, it's like footage. the fear of the unknown and the fear of the nothing. And I'm uh, like, nah. it's always the scariest. This film was not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a total tangent because this film was <laughs> not a horror film. <laughs> Quite the opposite. Uh, right, maybe we should talk about the film. Um, I mean, only if you want to. I mean, do, do we want to? We are a movie review podcast. Yeah, um. probably should. Probably should. <laughs> so this this is a film about catching a cat burglar. And it is the most predictable film I've ever watched. <laughs> it was like, because it's a mystery film. It's a catch a killer film. But you work out who the killer is within about, say, 30 minutes. Did you know who it was? I 
for some reason didn't clock on that this was what it was until the I, I, I don't know what I thought this film was I don't know what I thought I was watching but I got completely enthralled in this world like the world building is so good but I feel like the least interesting plot possible happened yes <laughs> yeah the I agree. characters are, the characters are amazing yeah the, I, I get the world building is amazing the acting is really good um well this is what i'm saying like i i worked out who it was really early on and i was waiting for the twist and it never happened it yeah i think we as a generation are tuned in now to expect a twist Mm. and in fact i think there is a twist in this film it's just so lackluster you forget that it is a twist yeah maybe 70 years ago maybe this completely blew audiences minds well spoilers the the new cat burglar is a woman which in modern society I don't think we'd blink an eye. Uh, But possibly, 67 years ago, the idea of a a woman woman thief. Scandalous. Scandalous. Shall we get into the plot? Yeah, go for it. Retired jewel thief John the Cat Roby is suspected by police in a string of burglaries on the French Riviera. When they come to his hilltop villa to question him, he slips their grasp and heads to a restaurant owned by his friend Bertani. The restaurant staff are members of Roby's old gang who have been paroled for their work in the French resistance during World War II. They are angry at Roby because they are all under suspicion as long as the new cat is active. When the police arrive at the restaurant looking for Roby, Foussard's daughter spirits him away. Daniela, a young woman who fancies him dearly. This world building is great. Yeah, yeah, I think... One thing I really liked about this film, and isn't always the case of films of this period, and modern films, I guess, is it really just cracked on. Like, it just got going straight away. The world building was effective and fast. It starts going at lightning speed, doesn't it? It's like, open on a on a robbery, scream, open on a robbery, scream. Straight into John. We know exactly who he is. Like, the police are there. They set up his backstory. Everything is... that. This is, like, the first ten minutes of the film. Yeah. He's, like, he's been approached. There's a car chase. He escapes. He We meet his old gang all in the first ten minutes. It's like, go, 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 go. To the point where when I accidentally looked at the time code, I was like, how are we only ten minutes into this film? So much has already happened. Yeah, and I, I, I appreciate that. It feels rare these days. It, uh, I don't know why, because it is, it is good just to crack on, set the scene so you can get on with the story. It made this film feel fairly packed without it feeling long, which is, which is nice in storytelling. 
I think so. Looking back on some of the my favorite films, a lot of my favorite films do do this. They really crack on with setting the scene to get into the story and get into character development and so forth. Something I felt as well that really helped set the scene of this movie is they're actually there. Like, mm. they're on location. They are on the French Riviera. Uh, like One of the issues I think we had with Psycho, and I think we discussed it at the time, was this was done with like a TV crew in a studio. Everything looked a little bit fake and like there was no real scale to anything. You could tell it was sort of shot on a back lot and it was a little bit there. Yeah. But this like sweeping vistas, like helicopter shots of car chases, it seemed quite technical and on a massive scale that I don't think I've ever seen for a film this old. It looked wonderful. It, like, yeah. oh, peak summer holiday. The scenery, the shots they got, amazing. I wanted to book a holiday to the French yeah, Riviera same. after the credits rolled. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, his villa was so nice. Oh, It is breathtaking. Absolutely. I, I just don't think you get as good scenery shots these days. We had this no. in The Godfather as well. Beautiful scenery shots without the colours edited, without any messing around, just pretty flat plain video but of spectacular views yeah this is what you get this is how it was yeah if you and, if you were in that helicopter that day this is what it looked like rather than it's, i think you get a lot of colored altered views and so forth at the moment it's gorgeous and it's a character in its own yeah for sure and alfred hitchcock has uh massively improved his car chase game from psycho well, I think, is this before Psycho or after Psycho? Oh, I have no idea. When was Psycho? Oh, when was Psycho? I think Psycho was later than we thought. So this is five years before Psycho. Really? But remember, Psycho was a downgrade. Yeah. He really wanted to make Psycho, but no one would fund it. So he had to make it in black and white with a TV crew which is why I think a lot of people wrote it off and it was such the hit that it was. Mm. Because this is what they were used to from Hitchcock. These yeah. sweeping sort of grandiose locations. And all, then they got... like charming people with their charming accents and their charming personas as well. To Psycho where everybody's tense and weird. Just completely different movies. It feels like different directors. I would say that Psycho has more character than this film. I agree with you, because I think he had to do that. Yeah, yeah, to make up for the lack of budget. Because of the limitations he had, they really had to go fully in with with that sort of characterization. But sometimes working with limitations produces the best art, doesn't it? I could not have said that better myself. The only issue that I have with this film is I feel after this point, it starts to... Scenes start to go on about five minutes longer than they should. Yeah, the classic. 
and you it becomes a well we're in this amazing place let's spend loads of time here and let's keep showing all these amazing landscape shots and scenes of the characters stood looking out on, on a view but that happens every single scene because every single scene is set somewhere amazing mm. and it it becomes a little bit repetitive and a little bit yeah but you're giving me nuggets of plot now and i want the plot because it is a little sparse on the plot well yeah it it rockets forward at the start and then it just throws on the brakes doesn't it yeah it's there is more plot in the first 10 minutes than there is in the remaining one hour 30 <laughs> and it yeah it's not a rough watch but it's a it's a frustrating watch i should say well we should carry on with the plot it should get easier for you then Roby realises he can prove his innocence by catching the new cat in the act. He enlists the aid of an insurance man, H.H. Hewson, who reluctantly discloses a list of the most expensive jewellery owners currently on the Riviera. American tourists Jessie Stevens, a wealthy widow, and her daughter Frances are top of the list. Roby strikes up a friendship with them. Frances feigns modesty at first, but kisses Roby at the end of the night before retiring to her room. So this caught me sideways. <laughs> so I, I love this plot's like setup of the previous cat burglar find catching the new one, finding them, and we're going to have sort of a, a a duel of cat burglars. Then it starts going in a direction, and I'm thinking, oh dear. Please don't go this way. Of him just sort of standing around talking to people. I was expecting a big thriller drama of him getting close to the killer. Chases along rooftops and so forth. And it didn't happen. No, and it keeps teasing you that it's going to happen. And then it doesn't. Yeah. It, it all Where the action should be, that's when it sort of switches to a studio yes. and if you get a character on a roof they're just like clinging to a chimney there's you don't see any robberies in action you don't see like the mission impossible dropping down from the roof on wires that, that it's all said it's like well he clearly clambered down the air duct and snuck in and took the jewels and then climbed back out and made his escape across the rooftops and they're like yeah but why are you not showing us that because that sounds I know cool. There's, there's limitations of the time, but also you, they could have just hired some acrobats. I mean, I, I yeah. mean, it's my one way things with the with the main character, um, the cat or the OG cat. He doesn't look like an acrobat. No. I don't believe he could do all those things. And it he just, is. it just like it took me right out of it every time. Everyone was like. Oh, he was this silent prowler. Was he? Well, it's years later, isn't it? Yeah, so but this is a character who's sort of so like aging acrobats are still light on their feet and stuff like that. He's not like when he when he comes in from the water, he just flumps himself on the sand. Like there's there's no there's no like method acting there 
or anything, is there? He just plumped himself on the stage. He nice. followed the stage direction. He didn't think, how would my character do this or anything like that? Yeah, it's actor Cary Grant being Cary Grant, isn't he? He's a 1950s yeah. bloke. Just, and they go, yeah, I used to be in the circus. I used to be an acrobat. Well, and he go, just... Mm. He, and he, he gets up like a normal guy. He doesn't get up, like, in a live way. You're right, yeah. There's no... I'm trying to think. Is theatricality the right word? Yeah, so I, I, I think he does a really poor job. I think he's the weakest actor in this. Because I don't believe him as the character at all. He's just an actor. Yeah, I can he, agree with that. He's got loads that. of charisma and presence. But him as this ex acrobatic thief no not at all yeah but I feel saying that he's the the least strong actor in this film it's still not an insult to him because the yeah, performances oh, in this performances film are so charismatic are so yeah. good so yeah I think I agree with you there I didn't it, expect to really enjoy the performance of the insurance guy, but the insurance guy was great. He's Yeah, he's the straight man, isn't he? He's just sort of yeah. this uptight, that's where the comedy is. And it it's needed just, that. It needed that bit of relief. It contrast. did need that. Because this film is oddly sexual. Yes. Like, every scene is like sexually charged, sort of. And I, I don't know if it's just the actors they got in. I don't know if it's the charisma that they're oozing. Or if this is, like, what the 1950s were like. It <laughs> just felt like everyone wanted to sleep with each other. I know, yeah. And it was, it was kind of weird, because with the 1950s and all the 1950s, 1960s, and even 1940s film, 1940s makes more sense, because most of the young men went to war. But they really have, like, older men as quite sexual figures in films. It weirds me out a little bit. I don't know why. And for some reason, it just didn't fit the theme of what I thought this was. Yeah, because you had this guy in his, like, what, what 50s? He's and got like, to be, yeah. All these women flopping themselves over them. When men in their 50s at the moment can only think about possibly getting a Porsche for their midlife crisis. But not to say that he looks bad. No, he was very charming and classic looking with his They've suits and just done that classical Hollywood thing where why they why would they dare pair him up with a woman that's his age? No, no, no. She can be the older woman who fancies him but nothing's gonna happen and he's gonna get with her twenty year old daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this the, yeah this is where things get a bit long I think because it's based on a novel it said that at the start yeah I think probably in the novel it works but in the film it doesn't work the whole getting an introduction to them and sort of wooing them he then just tells them who he is and the old lady's fine with it which anybody you you could have guessed that if he was just yeah. honest with them, it would have gone exactly the same way. So it all that whole section really felt superfluous. It's attempting to build tension when it doesn't need to because there is a distinct lack of tension in this film. Yeah. 
It's a it's it's a Sunday watch, isn't it? Because there isn't they, you couldn't half watch this and you'd be absolutely fine. When you do get nuggets of plot and dialogue, which are really good, they are preceded by five minutes of scenery shots and then followed which I did, by... which I did enjoy. I enjoyed them, but when you're an hour into a film, desperate for some plot and trying <laughs> to fully figure out if this is a film you think it is you start to sort of drift a little bit. Yeah, going, it really Ooh. it really needed a bit of a James Bond chase scene or something like that, didn't it? Some yeah. excitement. Instead it's... of it seems to get just massively sidetracked with their love story. And I was expecting something more interesting. So I thought it was so I thought it was going to be easier of the two women from as soon as I met them. In the film, I thought it's going to be one of the two women, and I thought, ah, oh, easy option, least least interesting option is the French girl. More interesting option, it's the daughter of the rich lady, played by Grace Kelly. Um, and then most interesting of all, it is actually him doing it. Yes. So, this is a big thing. I was going. Is it actually him? Is this going to be a really good twist where it's revealed that he has come out of retirement? And he's played everybody and he runs into the sunset. And it would be such... That would be ballsy. Yeah. And I would have appreciated this film so much more if that had ever happened. Yeah, especially especially if as an audience you had no clue as well. Yeah, it's a little bit... It is ambiguous because you don't see him and the burglar in the same place at the same time and he is he doesn't ever have an alibi for where he is when the robberies happen and you see he instantly guiltily runs away when the police come for him and you go this could be solved by a alibi or and i think this is screaming out to be remade i agree yeah why remake psycho they should have remade this yeah, with actors who are on the same level of charismatic, but I think with more modern filming techniques and a few more higher stakes and tension building, you could almost you could keep the script the same, and I I would say keep it set in the nineteen fifties. Yeah, in this sort of keep everything about it. Just film it with more modern techniques and a sort of shuffle around some of the shuffle around some of the plot points and cut some of the dialogue. Just neaten it up, and you've got a really tight ninety minutes here. Yeah, of like a heisty film. It's just it's screaming out for it, it, and I think it needs it. It does need a few more clever twists and turns. I I think the whole center of the film. He he doesn't actually he doesn't work anything out, really. He works out who's probably going to get hit, and they do, but that doesn't solve anything. That doesn't help him. And then he's given where the cat burglar's going to be on a I plate. Mean, I don't think he ever figures anything out. No, he's he just given, given a it. list of richest to poorest currently in the Riviera, and just goes to each of those places. 
And I think if it had been a little bit more ambiguous if it was him or not, and you know that every place he's been to is then robbed, um, and then it's... But the whole twist just happens to be he is in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And just happens to finally see the cat burglar after like three or four missed attempts. Yeah. And I I didn't really appreciate just how dumb the police were the entire time. Like, it's a weird comical beat, isn't it? Every time you see yeah. them following him. They're always unprepared and oh, how many of us can we Ooh, fit in this small car? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just sort of there to show that they're following him, but by them constantly following him, doesn't that give him an alibi? Because yeah. the police are always watching him. So how is he doing the robberies if they're always watching him? Well, that's him? why it would have been more interesting if it was him. Yeah, you could... And he's just creating misdirection with there being a new cat or something. That would have been way more interesting. I, I, as I said before, th- this movie went down the least interesting option. Yeah, it made... It made quite a good film quite boring. Yeah! It it is a little bit boring, and that's why I I'm screaming out for a better version of it. Yeah, yeah, I think this is this is calling for a remake because individually I love everything about this. Yeah, but when you put the entire package together, I think it swings and it misses, mm. and it's a perfectly fine film, but it could be so much better. Do you want to carry on with the plot? There's not a lot left. I think we we should. (laughs) (laughs) The day after, Francis invites Roby to swim at the beach, where Roby runs into Danielle. He keeps up his cover of being a wealthy American tourist, despite Danielle's jealous barbs about his interest in Francis. Francis accompanies Roby on a picnic to a villa, where Roby suspects the new cat might break him. Francis reveals that she knows Roby's real identity. He initially denies it, but concedes it that evening when she has invited him to her room to watch the fireworks on display. They kiss passionately. I feel like we've discussed most of this bit in the last bit. It's yeah, just... It, it's just... Goes okay. on a little bit too long. It's not a convincing love story. I, don't, I didn't find yeah. Grace Kelly's character that interesting. The fact that she's bored and just wants the thrill of robbing... Yeah, it's... And it doesn't go anywhere, I think is the biggest crime of this section. It doesn't have any relevance. No, this part would be better if it turned out that she was the new cat. Exactly, um, yeah. Which, with it a little bit really more serve... foreshadowing, they could trick you into thinking. Well, this this section kind of confirmed that she wasn't, <laughs> to me. Because she wanted to join it, join in with him. With a little bit of foreshadowing, you could have alluded more heavily that she was the new cat. Well, and then, like, yeah. And if she was the new cat and then they start working together, and then that would be more interesting. And then you could have had a dynamic where it was like, he sort of knows and she sort of knows, and they're both trying to catch each other out. But it's a lot of these 1940s to 1970s films... I feel like the love stories in them are shoved in like a sleeping bag into a sleeping bag sack. 
and it just it's it's a good film with an interesting premise and interesting um setup and then you've got very little plot about the actual actual cat burglar and just a big old laboursome love story in there with some good looking people with not a lot to it i just it goes back to that it's not very well executed and with a little bit of neating and up it's screamed out for a remake please someone remake this (laughs) i really i really 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 want to like this and know i will like this it's just so close do you want to carry on with the plot the next morning jesse discovers her jewels are gone francis accuses roby of using her as a distraction so he could steal her mother's jewelry the police are called but by the time they reach jesse's room Roby has disappeared. Later, Roby is stalking out an estate at night when he is attacked by an unknown assailant. A second attacker raises a wrench and appears to hit Roby, who falls off the estate's seawall and into the water. But when the police reach the body in the water, it turns out to be Foussard, one of the staff at Bertani's restaurant. Right, so this bit went over my head. Why did the restaurant staff just kill another one of their own people? Like in the confusion, that seems so dumb. It wasn't even that dark. So this is where it confused me. Because if they'd have set up this restaurant staff a little bit more, and made it clear who each of the players were, and their characters, and it was made clear that. Fusard looks a little bit like Roby. I think it would have made more sense because they're on the they're wrestling on the roof, and then the real cat burglar turns up, who we know is spoiler alert, one of the other restaurant staff. So it's uh, in confusion. They've hit them. They've they've got it's the which one do I shoot? Because yeah, it's dark yeah, and they yeah. don't know and thinks they hit Roby but no they've killed Fusard because there was a point when he lands in the water and the police look at him and I just looked at him and I went who? who's that? I don't know who that is because we spent 30 seconds with him at the first action 10 minutes of the film I totally agree and like the, the the stakes are just so weird with the with the restaurant staff, because you're just told, you're told not shown that this might happen. And there's no build-up, there's no threat from them. And suddenly it just happens, and you're like, oh, okay. right, Yeah, it's... And I think with more modern-day filming techniques, you would focus a little bit more on the restaurant staff. At least have them watching him, or being in the turning up at the hotel and watching yeah. him from across the casino or something. Also, with it being one of them in the end, after that bit, I was like, well, that previous bit didn't make any sense. Why are they trying to kill him if the actual cat burglar is one of theirs? They want to keep him alive so the police focus on him. It doesn't even make sense as a plot point. It's a 
twist that makes zero sense whatsoever. It's a character you've met for 20 seconds. I mean, I'll just go straight into the next mm-hmm. plot point. The police chief publicly announces that Fusard was the jewel thief. But, as Roby points out, privately, in Houston's presence, this would be impossible because Fusard had a wooden leg and could not climb on rooftops. Fusard's funeral is interrupted by Danielle's loud accusation that Roby is responsible for her father's death. Outside the graveyard, Francis apologises to Roby and confesses her love. Roby asks Francis to arrange his attendance at a fancy masquerade ball, where he believes the cat will strike again. So the comical uh, dumb police, he's got a wooden leg, oh come on. Did we know about that? No. No, I'm glad we didn't, because I went, did what? <laughs> yeah. What? This character that we saw for 20 seconds has a wooden leg. Okay, This great. character I already <laughs> didn't know anything about, I suddenly knew less. Yeah. But he's a cat burger, and the police go, oh, there we go, the, the case is solved. It's like Inspector Clouseau trying to, what? Daniela sh- accusing him of killing her dad, but... She's the one who killed her dad, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh that bit makes no sense. Or is it another... No is sense. the whole it's gang to... involved in this that I yeah. missed? Because the whole gang is involved in this. Where are they at the end? Because we don't see anything about them. At the end, she says her dad put her up to it as well. So he would know it's her. So why was he even there? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. It makes very little sense. And her just outright confronting him as well. It doesn't he would, make sense. He would know. If he if he's got enough brain cells to know he had a wooden leg, who else could he possibly recruit apart from his daughter? Mm. Two and two, mate. Come on. Yeah. It's... It's a stupid twist. Not even remotely well pulled off. No. Roby accompanies Francis to the ball dressed as a masked figure. The police hover nearby. Upstairs, the cat burglar silently cleans out several jewellery boxes. When Jessie addresses the figure as John and asks him to go and get her heart pills, The authorities are tipped off as to his identity. The police wait as he and Francis dance together all night. When the masked figure and Francis go to her room, the mask is removed, revealing it was Hewson, who switched places with Roby to conceal Roby's exit. Well, this bit totally works if you take out all logic. Because, I mean, why wouldn't the police be on the roof? (laughs) why are they with the dancers who it's not going to be and the police aren't sure that this is John until Jesse reveals it's John it why would they be it doesn't it does it this whole bit does not make sense no it is pulled off also why why did why did John's if he's just going to be on the roof basically what John's done there is stopped the police looking at the roof and made them concentrate on his fake double. Even though if the police were looking on the roof, they would have caught the actual cat burglar if yeah, he wasn't it, there. 
The the cat burglar's clearing everything out. We don't even know the cat burglar got in via the roof. But there was police. The- there was police there. If if you took John Roby out of that situation, they would have caught the cat burglar. It's that Indiana Jones situation, isn't it? Where it's like, did he do anything? If he wasn't there, would it have impacted the plot whatsoever? This bit's just sort of shoehorned in. When it's so, so clear who the cat burglar is. The cat burglar's pulling off the crime, but John's been sat on the roof. So John missed the cat burglar going into the building anyway. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And it's like a, a weird twist, like, haha, got you, it's Houston. And it's like, clearly it is, it's a different human being. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh. Like, Roby lurks on the roof. I was just going to go on with the plot. Oh, go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you go, dude, you go. Roby lurks on the rooftop, and his patience is finally rewarded when he spots a figure in black who is revealed to be Danielle. The police throw a spotlight on him and demand he halt, giving Danielle the chance to slip away. He flees as they shoot at him, but he nonetheless manages to corner his foe with jewels in hand. She loses her footing on the roof, but Roby grabs her hand before she falls. While she hangs onto his grasp, he forces her to confess to the police and admit that Batani was the ringleader of this gang. So it is the gang. Yeah. Plot makes no sense. Cool. Scores on the doors. Mm. (laughs) Roby speeds back to his villa. Francis follows him to convince him. (laughs) The film just keeps going. Francis follows him to convince him that she has a place in his life. He agrees, but looks less than thrilled when she says, Mother will love it up here. The end. What a way to not stick a landing, eh? Yeah. I mean, we've had two movies like this recently. Apocalypse Mm. Now was the same. Just great start. Totally tailed off. Just a gradual decline. Yeah. I'd put like, I don't even think. <sighs> yeah. Considering this came from a book, the plot made no sense. It just didn't work fundamentally. I think the fact that we don't see any repercussions for Batani and his gang, like the fact that they're, they are all clearly there, but we don't ever see them again outside of that restaurant. But then, uh, like, the movie was basically, they're the antagonist of the movie, but we don't see them and we see no repercussions because the movie's focused around this middle-aged dude and Grace Kelly getting it on rather than the plot. Yeah. If, fixing films with Sam and Joel, <laughs> if after you see Foussard get killed off that roof and it's revealed that it's him, we then got a shot of Danielle pulling off the mask, seeing the horror that her dad has died, and then suddenly start to focus on the gang and how they're doing this and their motivations for doing this and wanting to frame Roby and some use Danielle's speech at the funeral, but don't have it set at the funeral, have it her kicking off at the gang member that clearly killed her father. It's all the conflict is there. It's just not assembled correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Because we'd have then actually 
because at that point we know it's not Roby. We could have this sort of to and fro, who knows more, Roby's not really in the mask, the gang pulling off the heist, but where's Roby? Oh, and the police trying to get to them. You could have had such a tense last act and it it fizzles out rather than going out with a bang. Well, and also, like, just... I'm going in circles here because I'm just saying the plot doesn't work because if the gang were trying to frame him, brilliant, frame him. Don't try and kill him. If you're just going to try and kill him, just try and kill him. Don't alert the police. Don't alert anybody. Just turn up to his house and kill him because you're jealous that he got all this money and got away scot-free, whereas they all have to work. Or frame him and carry on the burglaries and not attack him so he does get arrested. Their actions make no sense. Everybody in this film is completely brain dead, apart from Roby, who isn't brain dead, but also doesn't work anything out or do anything. No, if we'd have had, again, the last third of this movie with the gang, like, trying to set up Roby in these elaborate situations, so he gets in trouble and the blame, but they get away with it scot-free, that would make sense, but it doesn't. It's them trying to get him killed, which like renders the whole point of what they're doing useless because suddenly they can never do a robbery again because if they do, their alibi and their scapegoat is gone. They've... Uh, it this doesn't is, make sense. This you, is basically charming dumb people, the film. Charming Dumb People, the film. Mm. That's what it should be called. Let's remake the poster for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Coming soon this summer, Charming Dumb People, the film. It really is. <sighs> right then. Scores on the doors. It looks amazing. The setting is perfect. It is limited by its time. It deserves to be remade. The best part about the plot is the plot summary, which makes it sound so much more interesting than it is. <laughs> um, <I'm slating. laughs> and uh, the pacing is air therefore this gets a mid 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 for five out of ten i actually i quite enjoyed it overall but afterwards i was like what and it just left a slightly nasty taste in my mouth i was fine watching it and then afterwards bit of a bad taste so I'm going to give it a 5.2. Just have to one-up me, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's more because it's just it's just it's just ever so slightly over the line. It is just just worth a watch. Just yeah. because of the lovely scenery shots and the lovely setting and the good overall good plot premise. It's screaming out for a remake with more modern filming techniques and a tighter rewrite. And I didn't go for 5.1, which I was initially going to go for, because getting halfway between 5.1 and 5 5 would create an awkward number for our new IMDb movie leaderboard. Amazing segue. (laughs) I can't wait until we've done 100 films and then we can compare our top 100 to IMDb's top 100 which you can find in our link tree at linktree forward slash 1001 movies not seen. 
what joel are we gonna watch next week uh next week we are watching rocky i mean last week joel mm. you conscientiously objected to doing an outro however this week i feel you've got no excuse this isn't joel this is patrick a lumber salesman from iceland and i will do the outro Bye. Oh my god, he took my watch. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the 1001 Movies We Have Not Seen podcast. You can subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice or follow us on Insta at 1001 Movies Not Seen Pod. We have new episodes every Thursday. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. I'd say we're getting an insight into your life, Sam. Are you telling me, you psychopath, that you sleep with a leg out of the, the safety of the duvet? Yeah, I get hot feet. Lunatic.